Hey, yo, what's going on, everybody? It is episode number 205 of the Audible Farm Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Couchtown Coffee. Couchtown Coffee is roasted right here in Iowa. It's my favorite coffee. I've got a French press full of Couchtown right next to me. Here, let me prove it to you. Mm. That's good coffee. I'll tell you what, if you drink coffee, which uh, pretty much everyone drinks coffee, um, it's just the way it works. Every morning, pretty much everyone drinks coffee. You brew coffee at your house? Well, guess what? This this works in every coffee pot ever. It's just regular coffee. You just have to grind it and brew it, and it's amazing. It's roasted right here in Iowa. It's going to be some of the freshest coffee you've ever had. Just make an order at CouchTownCoffee.com. Find a coffee you like. Let them know Audible Farm sent you, and they'll give you 20% off. It's that easy. Thanks, Couchtown. This week, I am sitting down and talking with Michael Duty. Michael has been on the podcast before, and uh, we sit down and talk about some music that he had coming out. He gave me a little pre-listen to his most recent releases, and uh, it's stuff that hasn't quite come out yet, but I, I got to get in, sit in and listen down to some of the awesome stuff. Uh, the new album is is very interesting. It's mostly inter- instrumental. There's a little bit of singing. He drew inspiration from everywhere. We talk about all of that in the upcoming podcast. We talk about lots of stuff. I honestly really, really dug the new album. Um, I, there's singles available on Bandcamp. Like I said, we get into all that in the upcoming album. We get into like what gave him ideas for certain songs and 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 things that he was trying out and his frame of mind going into this and where he drew inspiration from and, and all sorts of things. This is just such a fun, fun concept for an album. Uh, like I said, it's mostly, mostly instrumental, but I really dig that kind of music. So this is right up my alley and it's jazzy and it's, uh, it's funky and fun. Uh, I mean, he even used a toy piano and modified it and did stuff uh he talks about modifying all sorts of fun stuff and adding it into this album i i don't know you're just gonna have to listen to this one and enjoy it with me because i had such a blast sitting down talking with michael we converse online rarely he's been on the podcast before but uh you know it's just one of those things it's he's one of those fun people i met through the podcast and when we do get to sit down and talk it's just such a fun time so had a blast sitting down talking with him I hope you guys enjoyed this as much as I did. It is episode 205 with Michael Duty. It's the Audible Farm Podcast. With your host, Peter Stockdale. So, t- today, I'm sitting down with Michael Duty. Michael, we were talking about this before we jumped on the podcast. Kind of fun. Uh, one of the last times Zachary Daniels released an album, uh, I had talked to you not too far after that, and and here we are, you know, s- somewhat similar situation. Is it? Uh, are you guys releasing albums side by side on purpose? Is that how this is going? <laughs> <laughs> you know, not just because I play keyboards on the other album that he just released, but. I can't say too much. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. uh, We talked about that a little bit. He's got that new album coming out. You played on and uh, I'm super stoked for that. I'm really happy you got that one out there. And and, and you're no different, man. You've got uh, you've been working hard, too. It seems like I I got 
I don't want to, you know, I don't really don't want to like let the cat out of the bag, but I got to pre-listen to the album start to finish. Suckers. <laughs> uh, you got to get in the podcast game, baby. Woo! Dude, I'll tell you what. Uh, this album's right up my alley. I'm a big fan of instrumental stuff, stuff that you can put on in the background, stuff that you can study to, stuff that, you know, that is like my jam. I dig those. You can drive down the road and listen to it and, and enjoy the music, but still not be like so distracted by it. You know, I feel like that is something that I can't remember who brought it up recently, but it's, they were talking about how it's music is, it's tough to listen to music and like converse at the same time. And I feel like this is like the perfect stuff to study to and things like that. Cause I don't know why that's where my brain goes when I listen to instrumental stuff, especially if it's packed full of lyrics. Sometimes I find myself trying to listen to the lyrics and I'm like, Oh wait, what was I doing over here on the computer or whatever? Uh, right. You're, you're. I'm just saying though that your songs do have some lyrics in them. There are some of them. The very first song, as a matter of fact, has lyrics. Um, yes. So, what I what I was interested in when I first heard the lyrics, are you the one singing? I am actually the one singing for the first time that I've ever put it out on like an official release of mine. I know uh, the last time I was on here, I actually talked about the fact that I was like, you know, I have some stuff in the works that I might do a couple, like I might sing some of the parts for. And yeah, I ended up doing it for just two songs on the album. But still, that's more than I'm used to. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, there is like little bits of audio that's been plugged into other songs, though, too, on the album. Uh, yes. Was was that something that you recorded the audio for that and slapped it in there, too? <laughs> yep. So I did have my friends some of my friends show up and do little uh, speaking parts that, yep, I, I recorded either over the phone or, yeah, and then, like, processed and put in. Ah, oh, super cool, over the phone and everything. That's really awesome. Yeah, right. <laughs> did, you, uh, did you end up making all this in-house then? You recorded it all at your place? Uh, yep, so all the recordings are mine. I uh, went to a good friend of mine for the mixing, and I did get it professionally mastered this time, but all the recordings did come from me. And uh, the uh, editing and stuff as well. Nice. What's uh, I feel like this is something people. I'm. It's probably a touchy subject to some people, but uh, the importance of sending it off to have another set of ears listen to it. Yes. No. Yeah. I. The thing for me is like it's always been. I I, I wanted to be like yeah I did all this like here's my skill set I can do all this, but I was like this one I want this to be I want this to be really special. And I knew a really excellent mix engineer, and uh, he gave me the uh, name of a very excellent mastering engineer. And I was like, I really want to give this that shine because, like, I can do it acceptably, but it doesn't, like, I don't think it works as cohesively. I don't have anything against doing it personally, but I was like, for this one, I want this to really polish up and kind of, like, do some things maybe that I wouldn't even think about doing, you know? Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. I feel like that's kind of like when you, it's like, yeah, I can make, I can make food. But when you go out to one of those places where they start really fancying stuff up, not quite like, you know, what do they call that? Uh, uh, what is that stuff where they gastro something, something, they make all the crazy gastro pub stuff. Yeah. It's not like quite <laughs> like that, but you know, like if you can make a pizza at your house, but if you go out to a pizza place, maybe they're putting different seasonings or whatever in it. That's different than oh, yours. Yeah, you know? yeah. So that's the kind of stuff that I feel like with, uh, sending it out to let somebody else tinker with it a little bit kind of adds, it judges it up almost a little bit, not to get too, totally, not to get too Yiddish on everyone, but, uh, <laughs> and I, I, I did, Admittedly, I did want to be there for like as much of the process as I could because like I, I I don't want to sound too like intense about it, but I am very like 
you know, I need it to sound a very specific way and I, I want it to be very much like, there's a lot that I have in mind. So, um, I actually like was there in the mixing session with, um, with my friend while he was mixing it. And I was like, Hey, can we do this, 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 I really like being a part of that. Cause it might not be, it might be like a selfish thing, but when I'm there like doing the mix, I definitely want to make sure that like, you know, I sign off on all of the mix stuff in the end. Uh, and my friend is an excellent engineer with the exact same kind of like tastes as me, but it always comes down to like, Oh, well, you know, maybe we could try something weird on this here just for the hell of it and see what happens. Or, you know, just little tiny balance stuff that I'm really particular about that probably wouldn't matter anywhere else. But it's like, this is, this is my album. I guess I really want to like have it to specification. Yeah. I mean, uh, you, you bring up a good point though, because you could send it off to somebody that's great at mixing, great at mastering, whatever it might be. But then if the situation is like, you just send it off without any instructions, they could come back with something that wasn't what you thought you were going to get, you know? Uh, yeah. Go back to the pizza analogy. It's like, man, I could really go for a pizza. So you go in and order a pizza and then the person comes back with like, you know, like scrambled eggs and oyster pizza or something. And you're just yeah. like, this isn't what I wanted. And they're like, well, you just said pizza, you know? Yeah, yeah so exactly. You, so you can at least go in and coach them and be like, ah, let's maybe not put any oysters on this one or whatever. You know? <laughs> Definitely. And like, yeah, when it comes down to like making my own solo stuff, I just feel like I really want to make sure that it's something that I love start to finish so i really just like being there to make sure that like this really clicks the boxes that i'm trying to click it on yeah definitely and i mean there's so many of us that probably just sit there and think like oh somebody's mixing this they're just sitting at a computer for like 20 minutes twisting a couple knobs and then it sounds good and it's like it's not that easy you know sometimes people will put hours into into mixing like one song or two songs and then they'll use that as a template for mixing the rest of the songs or something like that so you could actually be saving somebody a lot of rework time. I think it's as someone who also does sound engineering work like live and stuff, not as much on the mix side, unless it's my own stuff, but it's always great to know what someone wants rather than just have them dump a project on you and be like, I don't know, mix this. <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> Does that come from experience or was that uh, just doing some, like you said, like mixing on your own, doing live stuff and things like that, uh, doing sorts of audio engineering? Is that something on your end that you know just from experience that you know what you want? Uh, or did it take some time putting out different singles and albums to kind of finally be like, all right, I think I know what I want for this next one? I think one thing I'm good at when it comes down to this is like conceptualizing what I want something to be like as I like I can kind of start with a pretty solid idea. And I usually like to go from like an area of where I try to be cohesive about what the album wants to be like. So for this one specifically, I was like, you know, a lot of my albums have been like kind of chill, sort of electronic, you know, like jazzy, but very like laid back kind of stuff. And I was like, I want this next album to be uh, goofy, loud, abrasive and weird. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I, I see what you're coming from here. So like I was telling you before, like I kind of wrote some notes on some of the songs and I was initially thinking like, let's go song by song and review the whole thing. And then I was like, ah, that's not quite what this is for. And sometimes that works better in a written format, but you pop the album on and it's, it's full of noise right at the beginning. The first thing I heard and I thought to myself was like, is this a Frank Zappa album? Cause yeah. I'm, I mean, it's like, it's out of control, but it's controlled chaos at the same time. I and I don't know. Just go listen to some old Frank Zappa stuff. I, if if nobody's listened to it, it's it's 
pretty wild. It's the guy put out four thousand albums or something, and they're all they all sound really really wild. But yeah, th- like I said, it's controlled chaos, and I, and I absolutely love it. And then the singing comes in on the first the first song, and uh, I I love it too. It's it's one of those things where we were kind of talking about it. This this album almost feels like it's conceptualized. It it, it the, the beginning leads all the way to the end in in a fashion and the end ties ties it all up in a nice little bow so i i do feel the jazz influence coming in like i said at, at the beginning it was just like oh frank oh. frank zappa here we go <laughs> you know and i yeah. mean that's, that's wild do you have a lot of ties to jazz then is that like is that if you could prefer to play one genre would that be the thing you would want to play Jazz fusion specifically is like my most favorite genre right about now. And it has been for actually quite a long time. I really like the hectic, like my, I have a simple caveman brain, I think. And it's just like, I like things that go fast. I want things to go fast. And so (laughs) I think fusion. You said you got a simple (laughs) caveman mind, but you're like, I like the most complex music around (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't even know if it's the complexity. It's just like, this is going fast. Lots of stuff is happening. I'm impressed. So I, I think like just, yeah, like the fusion really draws me in because it's just like a lot of things are going on and I'm just blindsided by all of it. And I <clears throat> was listening to a band specifically that was doing a lot of like free jazzy stuff in their songs as well, which is kind of where I drew the idea to have like these like noisy bits of stuff, particularly in the beginning. I was like, I'm just going to like, punch you in the face with like a solid just wall of things going on and then just hard cut into the actual song yeah just abrupt and messy and i was having fun with it yeah i mean i do really enjoy the concept of how it all starts it grabs your attention really quick and then uh it's almost like reverse cymbal crash boom you're into it here's the singing we're gonna slow it down a little bit and just the songs all seem to flow really well into one another almost like a like Pink Floydy kind of thing where it's like did that song end yet like did, oh I'm on the next song like holy cow it's already I'm already here I that's funny too cuz we were talking about it last time when I came on as well where I was like you know I really want to do something where they kind of like you can't tell where one song starts and ends and that was a real concerted effort I made this time around was to have like actual like seamless transitions between a lot of the tunes just so it kind of like does blur the line of what song is what so when that makes me think like it's probably not as easy to do that as people might think because uh, i i'm assuming you didn't record this all one take start to finish or whatever yeah. so so you have to figure out a way with each track to have something slapped onto the end of it and then run into the beginning of the next one or like end it in a key that just leans right into the next song or something which might not be as easy as people think because i mean even if you wanted to just put like a little transitionary sound in between song a and song b you still have to slap it in there and overlap both of them and then find the perfect spot in the middle to clip it for like one track to the next which wouldn't be easy i wouldn't imagine it's definitely a lot more effort than it kind of like seems at the outset and it's a lot like you said where it's like oh do I want this song to end in the key the next song is going to be in or how do I fade that in? Like it does change some of your writing decisions because you're like, I want this to I want this to feel like it's going naturally into the next part. That's 
a big point you just said. It could change some of your writing direction. Like you could have had all these songs laid out and this is how it should end. And then you go to start blending them together or setting them like this is song one, two, three, four, five. And then you're like, oh, I need to do something different with the end of this song. Was that disheartening in any way when you had some of these songs already written and maybe had to like shift gears a little bit or? Uh, Thankfully, I kind of, for the most part, knew the songs I wanted to have switch into what as they went. So ahead of time, I was kind of fortunately like, okay, I think I want this one to do this, but I'm going to need to end it like this if I want this to happen, you know, like, or we got to land on this key. So I'm going to have to make it change somewhere before we reach that point. So thankfully, I had it sort of mapped out ahead of time, because otherwise, I think that would have been a major stressor, actually. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know. I guess I don't know how you could like map something out like this. This is almost just like mapping out colors to blend into one another but you're like colorblind i maybe that's my my side of it but like i just i think it would be weird to try to be like this is the first song it's going to blend into this song it's going to blend into this. it would be weird to try to be like i know what songs i don't know the planning the ahead of time planning it probably took for this is probably pretty wild i it's like the only time i'm logistically minded is when it comes down to like just working out the layout of an album. I go over so many like lists of like where this track is going to go, where this track is going to go, like before I even do it. But a lot of the times I already have like an idea where it comes from for me most of the time actually is I start with a name and then work from there. Like uh, most of the time and for a lot of the songs on this album, I someone I was around either said a funny phrase or I just thought of something that made me chuckle. And I was like, this is this is good enough that I want to put it on the album. And then I was like, now what does this sound like to me? Yeah. What do meat sweats sound like to you? <laughs> <laughs> if you guys want to find out, go to the band camp. There's yeah. a link down below. He actually, oh. you know, there are a lot of, a lot of songs on here that have kind of goofy names on them. Like sneezing so hard, a piece of your brain comes out. was one of the, <laughs> one of the titles, one of them, which actually as weird as the song title is, I really enjoyed that song. Um, Thank you. I mean, it's uh, it has like this video game ish kind of feel to it, but it doesn't doesn't stay there the whole time, which is something else I I found in a lot of your songs. They they will lean into one direction and then they'll kind of shift out of it into something else and then kind of shift back into something else. So uh, mm-hmm. so like like we said, the first song starts out kind of Frank Zappa y, and then it kind of slows down into like a, almost like a, I don't know what you want to call it, like a bubbly kind of a sound, but it, it, it's singing and stuff like that. And it kind of blends into the next song, which I said has kind of a video game feel, which it's like, how do you mix Frank Zappa to like somebody singing some like bubbly ish stuff to video game? Like, it's so weird to think like that's, that's all in the first two songs here, you know? <laughs> so how does your brain think of this stuff? I guess like would be like, is it just uh, experimentation or you're just bored and you, you plunk out some noise and you're like, that sounds good. I'm going to keep it for later. Let's see what else it blends into or something. Like, how do you build these songs that seem so different from start to finish? I've always uh, I, I've always liked the idea of like or I've always been more afraid, I guess, of getting stale with stuff. So I've always liked to have songs that have some kind of like thing that changes up in them or thing that goes some kind of direction. Even in my earlier stuff, I really like having things that like change and move around as they go. Um, so I've always been, I've always liked that. I think it just helps keep attention going and lets me try a bunch of other stuff without falling into just adding stuff over the same thing over and over and over again. Um, 
But a lot of this album in particular, I made a specific effort to be like, I want to make these like jarring and strange. I really wanted it to just be like, I wanted to go full like myself on this album. This album is like a very, just the kind of thing that would make me laugh personally. And I was like, I'm going to just be weird. I'm just going to do whatever the hell comes into my mind. Like if it's jarring, cool, that'll be funny. So <laughs> for the, for a lot of this, I was like, this part sounds good. Now, what do I do to just completely left turn this just to be like, I, I want to mess with it. I want to get just strange. I just want to see if it'll work, you know? So a lot of the time I was like, this sounds cool, but now I need to, now I need to totally like drive it in another direction. I mean, it's, it's crazy because you're like, you wanted to make, you said you want to make these kind of sound like abrasive or just jarring or just like, you're just like, whoa, what the heck is going on here? And it's so weird that you like, you say that, but maybe it's me being a musician, but like me listening to the album start to finish, like I said, at the, the onset of this, I really enjoyed the album. And it's, and it's like, it wasn't so jarring and weird that I was just like, what the heck is going on here? It's not like. It, it's not like you went so Frank Zappa that you're playing that one bicycle song he had. Do you remember oh, that yeah. where he's like honking into like <laughs> the into the bow in the spokes? It's yeah. It's you're not going that weird with it, <laughs> yeah. but and yeah, like and I'm totally not about like oh just making like noisy music to like make people angry or to like get a reaction. That's I don't want it to sound bad, but yeah. I definitely wanted to see if I could make a an authentically weird album that was still enjoyable to listen to so it's definitely not like a ha ha this album sucks and you think it sucks too kind of thing oh, i do God. want you to like it but, <laughs> <laughs> but i i wanted to see if i could get real weird with it too that's really enjoyable i honestly like i said this is right up my alley when i went back to college i really like i was always into intra like instrumental music but like the more i studied the more i realized like if i'm doing complex things with my brain i need songs in the background to kind of like coach me towards doing what i'm doing and this like i feel like this album is one that i could just throw right in the mix and i would be okay with it because it's it's i don't i don't know it's so weird that you're just like it's gotta be jarring but like I, for some reason i'm just like i really i really like this album how long that's did it, great how long did it take you start to finish to to make this whole album i guess like were these song ideas that you kind of had on the back burner for years and you were saving them or were were some of the riffs yeah. ones that you were saving or what what are we going on here so um it, the album actually finished last november um and i've had the tracks like the, the album tracks done for a long time so it, it took about a year to actually like from where i said i want to make a new project to where it was actually the tracks were done it took about a year which is, I think, kind of average cycle for me. But there was a lot of stuff um, on the album that are like bits of detritus from other demos I wrote or like things I had. Like, for example, that riff, the intro riff on sneezing, sneezing so hard, a little piece of your brain comes out is a is one I've held on to for a long time. Like I've actually had like the skeleton of that song for a very long time. And I was just like, what do I do with this? I like this first part. Don't know where to go anywhere else. So for that one, I was like, I need to overhaul this in some kind of way. And thankfully, I, yeah, I had that skeleton sitting around of all the pieces and where I wanted them. So I had to like kind of rearrange and add some stuff and throw things that I just come up with in the mix and see if they fit quite as well. How do you choose? Like, I guess if this is me being a novice songwriter and by novice, I mean, I'm horrible at it. Uh, <laughs> I love the facial expression. Uh, but, but yeah, seriously, like, 
if I had the skeleton to a song and it was like, ah, this is pretty good, I'd probably just be like, screw it. Just slap some extra crap in there, put it on the album. It's just a filler song. Like that's where my brain would go. How do you how do you keep this song and just be like, I'm saving this for when I have the right stuff? I guess I'm very like self-critical about it. And since I don't have like a deadline or anyone else, I'm really like, you know, I'm not in another band. It's all on my time. So no one's going to be mad or nothing's going to be like weird or no one's going to not pay me anything if I don't get it out in a certain amount of time. So if I make a piece of music and I'm like, well, half of this is good, but I don't know if I feel this other stuff. But I also don't know if I feel anything that I could make work better in this right now. I'm just like, yep. Put it on the next album if I think it's something good to do with it. Yeah. So I do have kind of a backlog of stuff where I'm like, oh, well, this was cool, but I just didn't make this work or I don't like the song as much as I used to that I will sometimes just pick little pieces out of and try to rearrange in a new setting and see if I like it more. Is it ever disheartening to shelf one of those songs where you're like, I, I feel like this is good? Or, or do you in the back of your mind know that like someday later I will pull this back out and look at it and it'll be OK? Maybe in the beginning, I don't quite remember, but nowadays I like know how I work with songwriting so well that I'm like, this is going to come back sometime and I'm going to like it when I do. I just got to give it some time. So at this point now, it's just kind of like, all right, this one's uh, this one's just getting a little temporary storage period and I'll come back to it some other time and it'll it'll be good. So it's it's just very much like a part of the process now. It's like this is cool. Save it. This is cool. Save it. These are cool. Save them. Do some of them later. Do you ever have problems like going back and being like, what was that one thing? It kind of goes like this. And then you have to like go find it. And you're like, there's 40 songs in this folder from one month of like dinking around. And I got to find the one part. (laughs) Yes, totally. No, I um, had an old laptop actually that had like all of the stuff I did in college, all of the songs I wrote that I never did anything with, like a little bit out of college, like had like four years worth of music on it. And it died. And I just have been trying to find it again for a million years. I just got it back like a month ago and finally like plugged it in and got all my stuff back. But I was like, there's a whole treasure trove of things I could pick from. And I don't even remember half of them at this point. So now I'm like going through every single file I have being like, is this good? Is this good? Is this good? Is this good? Oh, man. Uh, Yeah. I mean, there's there's one vote for back up your stuff. Uh, Seriously. Losing. I couldn't imagine like. Like I said, not the best songwriter, but I couldn't imagine losing any of the the riffs I have saved. And it's not like I have a bunch, but it's like it would be disheartening, you know? It'd be oh dis- yeah. I like imagine losing like all the artwork for all your past albums or something. Like just something weird like that, where it's like now I just have to go on Bandcamp and like right click save it off of there. Like that's such a not the way you want to go do it, you know? Oh yeah, like one of my friends, we did a little thing where. We haven't released it yet, but I remixed one of his songs and he's going to remix one of mine. And he picked one off of my first ever EP that I did back in like sophomore year of college. And I was like, dude, I don't have the stems for that. That's on my laptop and it's gone. Oh no! I just got it back and did find it. So thankfully it was on that particular laptop. But like, yeah, a year after we had decided to do this project, I'm like, here are the stems for that song you wanted. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that'd be rough. Uh, yeah. yeah. Once again, if you're listening to this, you write music, you do anything that involves data saving at all, highly recommend <laughs> backup, backup hard drive. Uh, do it. The old, the old rule of thumb is if it's not backed up twice, you never backed it up once. So it might not hurt to have two. Um, case in point, I backed up all like 
episodes like 100 through like 180 are backed up on duplicate hard drives and one of them actually crapped out on me so uh i have them twice yeah. it's not like i'll need any of the other stuff but you never know but yeah uh, exactly one of them it's crapped good to out. have around yeah you never know so better safe than sorry oh man i have I couldn't imagine having to go through all that stuff. Do you ever like, have you ever pulled anything up and you're like, how the heck did I write this? Like, what is, what is going on here? Like, how do I, do you, do you ever pull something old up and you're like, I need to revamp this or recreate it in some capacity. I can't just plug the old stem, the old file with music on. I can't just plug that into the DAW now. I have to like redo it. And have you ever like run into it? Like, how did I do this in the first place? Oh God. A lot of the times. Yeah. Because there's a there was a song actually I was just going over on my old laptop that I had like written for another EP idea that I had and never did anything with. And I was like, these are some like really cool lines. I want to do something with this. But it's like way at a tempo I don't like anymore. Uh, this drum beat is not very good. I need to like totally like I need to hang on to these, but I need to move them. I, I can't use any of these stems really. Um and I find that usually when I do go back to a song, I'm either in like a different state of mind or I just have been listening to other music that's kind of wormed its way into my process where I'm like, I want to do something new, but with this melody or like oh. this beat is cool. Let's redo it entirely and make it faster, slower, change up this part. It usually is already at a point where I want to do something transformative with the old part when I come back and find it in the first place. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, you brought up excuse me you brought up something like i didn't i guess i didn't think about it. you could have wrote something when you're in like a melancholy state and then you bring you bring it back when you're in like a happier mood and you're like i'm gonna add this to it and it completely changes the complexion of what was going on in the first place yeah it, it also doesn't help that a lot of my early stuff while i thought i did a pretty good job writing them are just like horribly recorded it's <laughs> like there's there's no way this is gonna sound like any good if I just take the stem and put it back in. Yeah, yeah. Like, this has to be completely revamped. It's, like, clipping completely or something horrible, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's probably something else, like, having recorded and written stuff for so many years, you've probably, like, uh, I guess, like, perfected the way you want to do some things in a fashion that makes it where, like, oh, some of the stuff I was doing back in the day, I definitely wouldn't do it that way now, so we have to change it. Totally. Yeah. Oh man. But that's also part of the process too. You know, it's usually at a point where I'm like, I'd rather do something new with this anyhow. So it's just kind of like, cool, found that, get to use that again. Glad nice. I remembered it. Uh, I mean, that's a good way to look at it too. Cause I mean, I guess if it was me, I would, I'd probably be a little disheartened if I was like, I have to re-record this and I have to refigure it all out. And it's, it's not going to have the same punch it did when I first wrote it or, or you know, <laughs> I'm not pulling the same emotions and I'd probably just get disheartened and be like, well, I'm just doing something else. Screw it. You know, like it would be tough. I think I, that's fair. I get you. I think it just works for me. Cause I'm like always dumped dumpster diving through my own, like <laughs> my own like demo folder. <laughs> Dude, oh, that's so awesome just like take a bit of this take a bit of this take a bit of this oh it's so fun so we're going right back to the food thing you're just a chef creating stuff with different ingredients you have laid around from your past <laughs> <laughs> yep cut open last night's trash and see if there's any banana peels that look right still <laughs> oh i love it i absolutely love it <laughs> so last time we talked you were talking about how you record these with different keyboards different things like that are you still a multi-keyboard person or have you switched to like i've got one keyboard i'm just using plugins now to get all the different sounds it's gotten so much worse <laughs> on my end. I If you haven't listened to the first episode, you got to go back and listen to it. Let's double check what it was. It was episode number 130. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You've got more? Is that what you're saying? 
He's he's counting. <laughs> he's I up. have at least seven to nine keyboards in my room right now. Nice. Uh, an accordion, <laughs> a revamped toy piano that I bought from a thrift store and like, uh, I guess repaired or like modified to play really fast. Okay. <laughs> I used I used that on the album actually. There's that little um little there's some toy piano here and there and that's a a, a modified thrift store buy. No way. That is so yep. cool. <laughs> that's like imagine somebody writing something they're like, "Well, this this solo I played with the Hello Kitty guitar from Walmart." You know, like <laughs> <laughs> I really love when like people take old crap and totally like make it work in some kind of way. So I was super thrilled and when I saw this old toy piano sitting there, I was like, "Oh yeah, I got to see if I can like do something with this." I think, Even if it's like gutting the whole thing. <laughs> I think that's one of my favorite things about jazz is uh, it's like, here's the rules and here's the 9,000 ways we're going to break them. And it's, yeah. and it's still going to sound good. Um, case in point, I went and saw the Aristocrats not too long ago and their drummer, Marco Miniman, every now and then <laughs> would bust out uh, rubber chickens. And they, they, oh, yeah. they honked in different keys or different notes. So he would like, Every now and then, just like honk them up at the at the cymbal mics, and and then sit back down and start playing some more. And it's like, how does it like why like this fits, but why does it fit? It's so fun because, <laughs> and you know, I don't mind it. <laughs> I, I just love that kind of stuff about jazz, where it's like there's no rules. A toy piano, go for it. You know, <laughs> you're gonna. Oh have, yeah. I I uh I almost don't want to because I want people to like listen to it and try and pick it out, but uh. Uh, I kind of want to know what songs the toy piano is on and where it's hidden at because I, I want to try and pick it out. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you after uh, after the recording. Sounds perfect. Just to keep the secret. Yes. Uh, it's. I really enjoy that like DIY aspect because I have I have nothing against using plugins and in a lot of cases it's a lot easier and like it makes a lot more sense and if you're making like professional like good music, absolutely. But since I'm just like, you know, screwing around, making my own thing on my own free time, I don't care. Like, you know, I, I, I have a way I want it to sound. And I, if I want it to sound weird, I'll go for that. So I like doing a lot of the fun of it is like, yeah, I get to have this like little mini adventure where I get to revamp this old toy piano and see if I can make it work. Like that's part of the fun of making the album is fixing up some old piece of crap gear and seeing if I can do anything cool with it. Like that's the experiment in itself. But the hardest thing. Uh, at the very last part before of the second to last song where that music box part comes in, mm -hmm. I bought a real music box, like, you know, windy thingy that you can like punch out your own music for. And I punched out all of the uh, spots for, for it to play that melody and then recorded it. But it took me like probably like seven hours of punching and re-punching music box oh, reels just to get it to be the right time and like harmony. Oh, I didn't even dude, you're bending my brain here. Uh, <laughs> so music box. Yeah. makes sense. Um, changing the, the tape in it that it is, or the, uh, the piece of metal that is actually has punched out sections that is, is making the music. I guess doable, yes. And then you said you had to get it to be timed correctly, 
which yeah. that's what started bending my mind. Cause I'm like, well, they don't have tempos written on this metal. They don't have measures sectioned out that you don't just punch it. And you're like quarter note, you know, like, yeah, you actually have to, did you have to measure this with like a, like a tape measure or something to make sure you had all the notes, the right spots or like, I just kind of messed with it until it worked. But I remember literally it was like a $30 music box with its own little like paper reels that would you do the punching on. Mm -hmm. And it came with a million of those paper reels. And I would do I would punch them out and then I would lay it out over another one of the paper reels and with a pencil mark in all the ones that were in the right place and then do all the ones that weren't in the right place again. And I would just keep adding to the like list of ones that were good and I knew they were good. Until finally, after I think almost every single reel they sent me, I had one that was acceptable for that take. Oh my gosh, that is absolutely mind-blowing. Like, the amount of work that just went into, like, that small portion of, like, one song just absolutely blows my mind. Like, you really, like, was that something you had in your mind? Like, I'm going to put this in here, or was it, I bought a, a music box with these tapes on them, and I'm just like, well... Let's just dink around with them and see what happens. And then all of a sudden, wham, you threw it in a song. Like, was that something you were like, I need this part, Amazon, boom, let's go. Like, send this stuff to me. I um, am a sucker for music box stuff. I listened to an old uh, Bjork album once that had a song that was entirely composed and then put through a music box. And I was like, this is like the prettiest thing I've ever heard. That's my So I fell in. I fell in love right there. And she's done a lot of stuff with music boxes that just like blows me away. So I was like, I want to do a music box thing. Oh, it's so I got to cool. go buy a music box. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. So this isn't this isn't just you tinkering around on keys and plugins. You're actually like modifying toys and and literally like creating your own music on music boxes and slamming it in there, too, which is mind blowing to me. Um, I feel like I'd take the easy route out if I was you and just be like, I'm using plugins, just plug in a MIDI keyboard and just go with it. But I mean, hats off for the dedication for that. That's a fair way to go about it too. There's not a right or wrong way. I just like half of the fun for me is just getting to like mess with things and just finding out if it works or not. Like it's just a, it's a cool way to spend time in my opinion when I'm working on this kind of stuff. And, uh, I don't know. It doesn't even really like amount to that much. Like I bet it would sound better if you used a not $20, probably 30 year old toy piano on the album, (laughs) but it's like a little personal piece that I remember now where I'm like, Oh yeah, I like had to like do a lot of work and like fix this thing up to make it do the thing I did. So it's just kind of like putting all that weird unnecessary extra work into it is just kind of enjoyable to me when it comes down to this sort of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I I could definitely see you have a passion for it, that's for sure. I I know we had talked about this a little bit in the other episode we did, but multiple keyboards, uh, getting multiple sounds. Do you have this cataloged in your brain well enough where you're like, I want this type of tone to come out, I need that keyboard over there you know do you do you know in your brain uh, what keyboards make what sounds you want them to make or are they are the options endless enough where you're just kind of like, I don't know, put these two together and see what happens. Or It's, it's a little of both. Like, um, I don't know if I used it in an album on the last time. I don't think I had it when we talked last actually, but I bought an old Fender Rhodes from a guy and, uh, which has been like one of my dream keyboards for ever since I like played piano. And I was like, well, this is a Fender Rhodes. 
it's going to sound probably a couple of ways and not many other ways than that. So like that, I'm like, I really just need a road sound. It's going to do that for me. That's what I want. Um, when it comes to like the synthesizer parts on the album, so many of those were just on the fly. Like, uh, let me just pull it over here. Actually, I have this, uh, MS 20 mini here. Oh, which yeah, I was, yeah, we're going to come right back to this. If you're watching on Patreon, check that baby out. I, I have comments. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, but it's got all these, you know, you can't save your presets. It's how the knobs you've twisted go. And if you forget what one of your presets was or something you liked and you twisted some knobs, you might not ever get back to it. So for a lot of that, I was just like, I want a cool synth sound. Twist, 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 twist. And I would just keep messing with it till I got something where I was like, this will really work for me. Yeah. So for people not watching on Patreon, what he just pulled up was basically like a keyboard. Imagine like a laptop where like it has, instead of a screen, it has knobs and buttons and and places to plug things in and plug them into other places i was gonna get into this because like i'm we're talking like uh those old signal processors that some people use to make like that old school uh like dj type music that's it's coming back it's it's really popular in keyboards and kind of always has been where you can do all sorts of goofy stuff with it i don't know what half of those plugins and half of those knobs do and when i see people playing with those and they've got jumper cables that are it looks like a pile of spaghetti but they know exactly where every jumper cable goes it blows my mind how does that not intimidate you oh no i'm completely scared <laughs> i'm shaking in my boots uh, <laughs> i don't know half of the things this thing can do and most of it is just trial and error for me i've watched a few tutorials but like it's hard to get all that info to stick especially because a lot of the uh patching you do can like override other parts of the patching you can do if you're not careful. So it's like, I don't really know what's happening. I'm just going to smack it around, <laughs> change these knobs, see what I can do. Hopefully it comes up after a while with something I'm, I'm comfortable with or a sound that I like. I know enough about like some of the, like I can work the filters. I can work the portamento and stuff that I'm comfortable enough with general synthesizers to do. But a lot of it is way beyond what I'm even still capable of being like of understanding, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think that's the most mind blowing part about all that stuff is the thing uh, a lot of us forget is like, I bet, you know, 90% of the people listen to this play guitar, you know, and probably 8% play the drums or bass, you know, and then there's like that little tiny percent that plays keyboards or sings or does something else. The keyboardists, like guitarists have a lot of stuff they can do with their guitars, all these effects pedals, all these doodads and, and diddly wops or whatever you want to call them. Keyboardists, you guys are on another level. You guys can do, I mean, you can, oh, this song has trumpet noises, you know, like this song has anything, but then with the keyboard that you just picked up, it's like literally you can program those noises yourself into it. They're not presets where you just click the trumpet button and play trumpet. Like you could probably pull a trumpet noise out of there if you wanted to, but you'd have to know how to twist all the knobs to get it to come out. Yeah. Which is the most mind blowing part for me. Like how it's, I, I agree. Honestly, how is my question too? <laughs> I mean, I, I do love the tone you're pulling out though. Like, like I said, uh, it goes from like, you know, regular piano type stuff to video game sounds to uh, even in the third song, I had a note here that says uh, Daft Punk ish tone on intro. And then it's it shifts into uh, jazz with noise influence. Like those are like the, the notes I wrote down for like the third song. And I'm like, 
for some reason my brain went to Daft Punk, which if you go listen to old Daft Punk, it I feel like the tone is similar to that, but it's not just like a regular keyboard tone, you know? So I I know yeah. you said you have these cataloged in your brain, but how do you I, I guess I just haven't used the keyboard enough. Maybe that's what it is, or I haven't listened to enough keyboard music to be like, that's this keyboard tone, that's this keyboard tone, or what. But is it is it from listening to all the music? Is it from dinking around and with all the tones yourself? Is it from being like, well, this is obviously based on a you know Fender, like you said, like a Rhodes keyboard. This is based on that sound. Like, is it from all of that stuff that you know where all these sounds come from, or were you in the studio like you said, just twist a couple knobs, see what happens? It sounds kind of good. Let's play with it and. Yeah, a lot of it like on the synthesizer end is just trial and error or on some of my digital ones, it's like, oh, well, this sound is always cool on stuff. I'm happy to use this in a lot. It's like like there's some like bell sounds I played on the micro Korg that's um, on the album. And that's like a, a patch that I made a long time ago, not even knowing what I was doing. But I was like, yeah, this ended up all right. And I just ended up using a lot of it in like places just because I was like, oh, this ends up being kind of like versatile but a lot of the keyboard sounds are just ones where i found out that i like them by hearing them like i realized that i like the roads because i listened to a lot of steely dan in high school i was like that's a really cool keyboard sound i wonder what that is uh so all that stuff is just kind of like me either having played it or hearing stuff like the ms20 is like a very like gritty synthesizer and i know that just because i've had enough time messing with it to know that it just likes this growly kind of tone most of the time um, so it's a lot of listening and finding out what tones I like from other keyboards and a lot of also like on the synthesizer and just messing with things and seeing how, how it just kind of, how, how it kind of tends to be, I suppose. All right. So I feel like we peeled a layer of the onion here when you said that you listened to a lot of Steely Dan in high school, uh, while the rest of us were listening to, you, you know, your, your blink one eighty twos and, and, and that stuff. I'm not, I was also say that crap, but I love that stuff. That was my jam oh, growing up and stuff. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, but still like there weren't too many high school kids that were just like, man, Steely Dan halls, you know, like, so you're definitely one of, one of very few, but I, st I still remember like Steely Dan is one of those bands where like, if you're not a Steely Dan fan and you go play Steely Dan songs for people, they're gonna be like, Oh, I heard this song. Oh, I've heard this song. And there's like 10 Steely Dan songs that people are like, Oh, I know this song, you know? It's, yeah, for sure. They're one of the secret good ones uh, <laughs> with, I feel like they're one of those bands that was jazzy enough to be jazzy, but still not jazzy enough to be mainstream. They like towed the line just well enough where, you know, the chords walk a little weird from one to the next. Not, it's not just like C, you know, whatever, GCD, the whole song or whatever, you know? The, the thing about them, yeah, is it's so like deceptive because when I was in high school, I was like, oh yeah, this sounds cool. This has got to be real easy to play, right? And then I, I got a book of it and it's like, wait a minute. This sounds like this sounds not too bad. These are like some of the hardest chord changes outside <laughs> of like just standard jazz repertoire. Like I was used to rock. I'm like, good Lord. Yeah, I don't know. I still have a hard time making it through some of their songs because the things that sound so like so easy to pull together are way denser than they ever seem like they'd be. Yeah, it's deceptive for sure. I, I Absolutely. I, I bet there's some of that going on in this album. Do you draw some inspiration from Steely Dan, like liking them from a young age? And, and do you think that was one of your big pushes or what kind of got you into the jazz side of things? Um, yeah, I guess like because like I said, if you're 
popping on MTV. It's it's pretty much just like, oops, I did it again. You know, some Eminem songs or whatever. You know, whatever time span you grew up listening to MTV or whatever it happens to be. But there wasn't a whole lot of like jazz going on on the pop culture side of things. Well, yeah. So um, it's interesting. I think a lot of the modern stuff I listened to growing up got me retroactively into that. A lot of it was like sampling and hip hop songs. I specifically remember in middle school or not even middle school, no, little past, I think in high school, there was a video called Every Kanye Sample Ever. And at that time, I think it was Every Kanye Sample Ever. But I was like, wow, that's so cool. I'm going to go check that out. And I specifically remember uh, them playing the sample of Kid Charlemagne, the Steely Dan song, in a Kanye song in um, Champion. And I was like, what's this song? I've never heard like a, this is a weird song that he sampled. Why, what is this? And then I went and checked that song out based on the sample. And I was like, wait a second, this is like really cool. And I think um, it was a combination of like, like just following samples I'd liked in hip hop songs. And then also like my love of Daft Punk and electronic music, which got me into like the funky kind of like disco breaks type stuff that let me into like the kind of like funky jazz influenced like jazz rock of Steely Dan. And then later down the line, like fusion and other stuff. Dude, that's so cool. You're, you, you're literally like pulling little bits of everything that you've liked throughout your history and just smushing them all into one. And I think that's super it's totally cool. That. <laughs> like, like who goes from just being like Kanye? All right. That sounds like a good idea for this afternoon. Let's pull this up. And then you're like, wait a second, what is this? Steely Dan, all right, let's go into Steely Dan for a while. Like, Kanye to Steely Dan seems like such a wild jump, you know, like... Yeah, well, I think it's all about, like, just the fact that, you know, all these artists sampled other stuff that they liked, and in that way brought all this stuff back to other people who wouldn't even have ever, like, thought about it, you know? There's so many songs that I found out because they were in, like, a song that just sampled them where I'm like, oh, my God, this is really cool. I like, like, both of these songs are really great. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm not as good as picking them out as, uh, as everyone else is, but, um, let's see, like, uh, Regulate, uh, uses, like, I Keep Forgetting, uh, by Michael McDonald, and I still remember, like, the first time I put two and two together, I was, like, working in an office setting, and it came on on the radio at the beginning, and I was just like, what the heck is this? Are they going to... They have a station on here that's it's gonna play regulate. Like, what is going on? I'm like, wait a second. No, no, this is Michael McDonald. And I was like, Michael McDonald. Oh, it's the in. same song. Like, are you are you able to pull those samples out pretty easily when you hear stuff? Or like, because I feel like some people are better at it than others. Where like, I'm just gonna say I'm not the best. I can I can do it to some songs, but sometimes like like I said, I heard regulate for five to ten years before I finally put together that it was Michael McDonald. And I was and it was like duh you know mm-hmm. like and i don't know why my brain took that or or do you get curious and like look up like what is this sample or like what are they using here and like yeah i i think thanks to yeah just listening to a lot of like um a lot of like house music and a lot of hip-hop growing up i i think i have a pretty tuned ear for samples even like early on in my life and then when i realized that i liked finding samples and hearing them because then i was like oh yeah there's even more music i can find out about i've really like done a lot of ear training on like just knowing what is and isn't a sample and i love identifying what they are and seeing like what the original song is like so i think i've personally like tried a lot to be able to pick out samples just because i i love 
undoing the puzzle, you know? Yeah. So how long is it going to be before you start slapping samples into your songs? Let me ask you that. As soon as I can get copyright clearance. <laughs> That's probably the toughest part is, uh, I mean, you don't want to go the vanilla ice route and start this big to do where, you know, 30 years later, we're still talking about how vanilla ice stole, uh, yeah. Under pressure. Yes. Uh, I almost said queen. Uh, thank you for saving <laughs> me. Uh, but yeah, so like, you don't want to go that route, but even then there's like the weird copyright laws where it's like, if you, if you take it and you change it just a little bit, or if, if, if the sample is less than this long, you can technically use it or whatever. There's like all these goofy things about that. But a lot of times if you pull a sample of a song, they're going to say, Hey, pay me money. You know, yeah, it's so. gonna, something's going to happen probably. And even if it's not on someone as small time as me, I'm still afraid. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, I get it. You'd hate to like write something and have it be even a little bit like popular and then have somebody be like, well, that's, you, you stole this, you're a horrible person or whatever. You know, like you have to pull it yeah. down or whatever or pay me $30,000. And it's like, I don't have $30,000 or whatever, you know, yeah. or like. Yeah. I guess the good way to do that would be like, uh, I know there's ways around it where it's like, if, if we take this, they'll take a portion of the sales. And it's like, I get it some places where like, it's, it's a flat fee until you reach this many streams and then we're taking a percentage of the sales. It kind of depends depending on who you license or what goes on. But, um, yeah. And this might be like a, a far cry, but have you ever thought about doing like maybe like an Umphreys McGee, Umphreys McGee zonky kind of an album where they like literally just, the whole thing is like make they they took samples and mushed songs together and it's literally uh let me see if i can find a good one in here but they have like all the songs are titled like from the songs they mushed together mm-hmm. um like strangle taj is stranglehold and sabotage mushed together yeah um you know so like i think this was their idea for this album was like well instead of paying royalties on every album and giving a portion of our sales to every you know whatever they just put them all on one album and we're like, yeah, you guys fight over this. There's 50 artists in here. You can fight over the proceeds. Right. <laughs> I don't know, man. If I could ever get away with it, it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. And I'd, I'd love to use, like, little samples of things. And I've been in bands that have, like, put them in there. And, you know, small enough band, nobody's going to care. But, like, I always think to myself, what happens when somebody finds out and they're going to yell at you? Then you're going to... You're yeah, gonna have, you're, now you're going to have an album without song four, you know, and it's always the little fear in the back of your head. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and is, is that me being like, I'm so cool. Someone's going to, you know, find out that <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But <laughs> dude, I am. I like I said this morning, I, I put the album on, uh, got a little preview of the whole thing. Blown away. I love it. What was the inspiration going into this song? I know. COVID was definitely kind of tough for a lot of us. I know you were no different. We were all trying to kind of find our way and figure out what we were doing musically. And this came out of it. Do you think that was uh, worth it all in the end to come to this spot to be like, all right, the album's coming out. It's finished. It's all done. Do you think it's like a collective sigh of relief? Like it all finally came back and worked out. I am very glad that it did go the way it did. I wouldn't put us through COVID all again for oh it. Oh my but, uh, gosh, no way. <laughs> it was tough I, for everyone for different <clears throat> reasons. It was so rough. <clears throat> I I think even because I put out Restrict, the album before this in 2020, mm-hmm. when it was in the middle, like we were still like unsure what was going on. So I feel like even that album was more like my, hey, this is what I did over quarantine kind of thing. Oh, so yeah, 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 yeah. I could. I feel that. like I was, 
already sort of free from that by the time I was starting to work on this one. And I was just like, I did, I did my thing about being in quarantine. I did my thing then. I'm just going to do whatever I feel like on this one, and we're just going to see how it plays out. So I was already feeling kind of relaxed about that at the time. Nice. That kind of like, uh, I guess, unfettered, I bet, a lot of emotions that were probably backlogged where you were just like, you didn't have to worry about, I, I don't want to say like uh, depressing anyone or like getting out any of those sad emotions that might have been might have been locked in, locked away, hidden inside you somewhere, you know, because I mean... Everyone had a tough time during. I don't know one person that was just like COVID was amazing. I, I you yeah. know, like there were a few people that were like I worked on myself and did good, and it's like well that's good, but you know, um, it was tough, dude. It was super tough, and I feel like this. Now that you explained it the way you did, I feel like it makes a lot more sense. That this uh, this album came out. I don't want to say as goofy as it did, but it just came out. Uh, it feels like you were having a lot of fun making it. Yes, I really, I really, really was, and you know, I think like. I went into this whole thing starting, you know, very like moody, you know, electronic production stuff where it's like all my other songs up to this point, I feel like have been kind of, I wouldn't say like totally serious, but more or less like there doesn't seem to be anything underneath them. That's more than just like, Hey, this is a song. It's chill. It's jazzy. It's whatever. This was the one where I really felt like I got to be as goofy as I typically am and just kind of be as free and just strange about whatever it was as I, it, this one just feels a lot more personal to me in a very good way. Yeah. Do you feel that? Okay. So like, we're going to talk, uh, like psychological, sociological kind of stuff. So you go out, you talk to people and, it, and why is it that some people that it might be a little rough around the edges, but they're like always like unapologetically honest about who they are and they're not hurting anybody. They're just, you know, just kind of goofy people that might be abrasive, but they're also like so nice. You can't not like them. Like, I feel like if you, if you take that, this is me, I'm not going to apologize for it. I'm not hurting anyone. Just take it as it is. Like if you take that and translate it into music, I feel like that's what this album is. You're kind of just like, this is me. This is, this, yeah. is, this is all of the emotions, not just the ones I want to show you as a composer or as a musician or as somebody who's making an album. Like this is little bits and pieces of all of my daily minutia smushed into an album. Uh, take it as it is. I feel like that kind of presents itself almost more honestly to people and uh, might actually lend itself to people being more receptive to it, maybe. I, I think that is the fun part of it for me and why I kind of like feel attachment to this album the way I do. I, I think it's because, yeah, like, you know, the whole time it's been like, I'm a serious electronic producer. Here is my song. <laughs> uh, you know, this is a very is a very serious thing. And um, I want you to feel a certain way about it. And it's, you know, that's fun. And there's nothing wrong with being serious about what you do either. But like, I always feel like, you know, you had to be like cool and like laid back and doing a specific kind of serious thing, doing all my other stuff. And it was like, yeah, no, I'd rather just make this one completely just, yeah, like just personal, just the kind of way I, the kind of way I am. Like, this is a, this is a weird album, but I'm a <laughs> weird guy. So I think it's. I think it's to the point where like, yeah, you're going to find like strange stuff. And some people might like might be like, oh, this is obnoxious music or this is like, you know, this is too strange. I'm, I'm out of here and I don't blame you. But I feel like a lot of that is just kind of like. Honesty. And I think I think that does people can tell when you're being like legitimate. A hundred percent. Yeah, that's I mean, that's. I, it's so weird because, like, I guess up in up in my area, there's there's singer songwriters, and some of them are so unapologetically honest with the stories they tell. Where it's like, you you admire the honesty, and I feel like this is the equivalent of that uh, 
except you're instead of singer songwriter, you're songwriter now. So you're using all of your tools in your toolbox to write the songs instead of just, you know, like like you said, you could just write an album, like you said, and this is just super serious. This is the way it is. I'm trying to recreate Daft Punk here. Take me seriously. This is, I'm going to be the next big thing. But you can also kind of go this i'm just gonna breathe for a second here's a story this is what's going on in my mind at the moment and i feel like that honesty translates very well with music and i i feel like it comes out in in this newest album too uh it's unfortunate you guys can't quite listen to it yet but uh it is coming out soon very soon uh yes however i will say though also like i said you can't quite listen to it yet there's three singles on on Bandcamp. yes all right so go go pop those singles on Bandcamp. the link's down below uh, you know, I, I really, really dug this album. It was one of those things too, but like the album ended and I was like, it's over already. And it's like, oh. an, it's like an hour long album. <laughs> Isn't it? Thank you, man. It, I think it's 45. Yeah. It's, it was close to an hour. I remember, but yeah, I was just like, Oh man, that's, that's really wild. So I, I dig the album. I really do like it. I, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like there's not a lot of this kind of music being made on the independent scene. Am I just not aware of it or what man i i don't know actually i i can't imagine i'm the only one doing it i just don't know a lot about the scene anymore like you know mostly i've just been holed up in my room making music so i (laughs) my finger's not really on the pulse anymore i gotta imagine someone is though yeah i mean there's not i let's just say like in iowa this is uh not a common kind of an album for somebody to be making you know there's so many people that are like i wrote the heaviest metal album you know and i'm gonna go play it at the bar and we're gonna yell at people and they're gonna get drunk and you know drink jack and what you know there's all those different things i wrote the punkiest punk album and there's gonna be people with mohawks and colored hairs and fishnets coming in here and you can go down all the different things but like this is an album that's just like i wrote the the crunchiest jazz album like i don't like how do you describe this to people you know is this let me ask you this is this something you're going to go play live somewhere is it possible to recreate this live in some fashion i uh, have plans to do that i don't have anything set in stone yet but i do have plans um i think it's going to be something where again kind of like i talked about the last time i was on here where um obviously i don't think i can get all of the things going on at once without like you know 12 musicians up on stage so i think we're going to kind of do live renditions of the songs, but I, I think the, um, I think the atmosphere and the, uh, the vibe of it all will be quite up the same alley. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I could definitely see this. Like I could see this being like a really awesome early evening kind of a, a vibe that you put out, like almost like coffee shop type place or like someplace that's a restaurant with a stage in it. Like this could be freaking perfect mm-hmm. for that. Like I would, I'd go to that show. I'd buy that for a dollar for sure. You know, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Oh my gosh. I love it. Uh, we've, we've, we're about an hour into this interview. Let me double check my notes here. Uh, the album's most, mostly instrumental. There are some singing parts and Michael did the singing parts. So check that out. Uh, we talked about the inspiration and where some of this came from. I also have, are you going to play this live as a question I wrote down and we <laughs> just covered that. So yeah, I mean the album, like I said, once again, it's really fun. It starts out, uh, kind of jarring and then sets the tempo for the rest of the album as it, it ebbs and flows from one song to the next. And then you get all of a sudden you're at the end and you're like, oh, he's tying this up with a bow at the end. I feel what's going on here. I, I love the concept of the full album being a full album while still having songs that are ridiculously different from one another. Like it's <laughs> it's super fun. Is, is there anything about the album I haven't covered that you want to talk about, like uh, special stuff that happened or anything? Uh- Let's see. Um, hmm. 
I dig the cat tapestry, by the way. He's got a nice little cat tapestry behind him. I'm loving Oh, that. yes. I love this. <laughs> I, I'm i so glad I found it online. It was, uh, it ties the room together. You it know? really ties, uh, you know, the tapestry really ties the whole room together, dude. Right. And it's, it's great that it's like right behind my desk. So, you know, you can always look at it when I can look at it right now and I'm not even looking at it. Well, I, um, I do want to say, though, I can tell that you're obviously like a very dedicated musician because I believe I also see sheet music behind you. You probably do. Yes. Uh, yeah. Right there. Yes, you do. Ah, nice. I was wondering about yep. that. Like, man, this guy never stops. <laughs> that is the dreaded Steely Dan book I was talking about. Ah, oh, my gosh. <laughs> no wonder it looks very, very busy in one section. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, uh, I mean, you've been busy, man. Uh, this is your second album since covid which uh you know some people just folded during covid so hats off to you for keep going and just uh not stopping you know and not only that but you're helping other musicians uh if you don't know what i'm talking about go back and listen to the zachary daniels episode uh it was maybe two episodes back so go listen to that one you helped out with that album too uh what was that like get to teaming back up with him that was good that was strangely the most covid feeling recording session of them all because i did all of those recordings yeah, at home, actually. Oh, yeah. Two hours away. So you, you record and you just send them over the internet, the new school style. Yep. We had some uh, we had some lineup changes as well. So where we used to meet wasn't the same place. And so it was basically like, we've got kind of a new group of people. We're all just sending them in, basically. Oh, nice. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I can see where that could be kind of fun. People just sending in different ingredients and you're slapping them in, just plugging them in where they go. It totally works. Yeah. Oh, God. I, uh. I kind of want to just try it just for fun, but ah, dreams, big dreams. Right. <laughs> Got to find the time to do this stuff. Uh, was there anything else? Like, I'm sorry I interrupted you while you're thinking about the album and stuff. Was there anything else that uh, we didn't mention about it? Oh, you're good. I think, um, uh, I guess I will have physical copies of this. There will be a short run of CDs I'm going to make. Nice. Uh, I might have them come with, I don't know yet. I, I'm going to try. I might have them come with a little um, pin, you know, mm-hmm. like a lacquered pin of one of the objects on the front cover. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, let me pull um, this up here. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, all right, now here, here we go. We opened up a new can of worms. Uh, so the the album art, I can I can see. Y'all can't see it. But the objects on the front, are, are they all going to, like, do they correspond to something, like each song, or, like, are you... Like, how does that work? They are color-coded, but that was up to my artist's interpretation. Ah. Yeah. So there's... And I am going to try to get a, a pin made of at least one of them for the first run of CDs that comes with it, if I can. Oh, that'd be so cool. That'd be so cool. Oh, my god. I gosh. think it would be a lot of fun. Yeah, like, <laughs> these concepts like this are really fun. And those things, especially if you do them in short runs, I think it's, like, the best way to do it. Because the people that want them will buy them. And then the people that didn't get one will be sad they didn't get one. And guess what? <laughs> Too bad. You need to act faster. Like limited edition. Yeah. I mean, heck, if you only make 20 of them, I bet they sell out pretty quick. So just rock and, you know, rock and roll. Do it Do it at the pace you want to do it. Uh, we found that works best with CDs and, and goofy shirts and things like that. Just do short runs. You know, the people that want them will buy them. And, and the people that didn't yeah. get one will be sad they didn't get one. So Right. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah. I can't wait. When do you have a plan for this to come out? Do you have a set date? Or are you still kind of pushing your way towards it 
can't imagine it's going to take longer than October. I'm pretty sure I'm hoping early October is when all the CDs will come in and I'll do the a full official release. Nice. Do you have dedicated social media people can go check out to uh, find this or do you, do you just have like the personal social media? I do have a Facebook musicians like page called just Michael duty. My name, nice. I admittedly haven't actually been on it for a very long time. So I probably need to start doing stuff again over there, Yeah, but you can find me there and I will definitely be um, giving information out about where to find and purchase everything once it comes out for sure. Nice. So if you guys are looking for those links, scroll in the description section, click them, give them a like, give them a follow, check out the uh, singles from the album, check out the past albums too. Uh, I, like I said, this isn't my style of music that I would A, make, or B, pull up to listen to normally, but like this last album, for some reason, I was just like, holy cow, I could see myself just like popping this baby on and then just doing stuff, you know, like this is, this is perfect Sunday afternoon music to pop on and you know, wash your dishes while you're swinging your hips to this goofy music. I, I love uh. it. I dig it. I, I suggest everyone at least go check out the singles, please. I mean, uh, it's worth it. <laughs> totally worth it. Uh, anything else? We're I think we're I think we're doing pretty good here, but uh, yeah, man. I think we're good, man. All right, yeah, I feel good. Awesome. Stick around. Uh, thank you very much for joining me. I appreciate it. Of course. Thank you for having me again. I'm honored to be here. Yeah. Man, what a good time sitting down and talk with Michael. And I gotta say, Michael's a nice person. It was nice to sit down and talk with with Michael. Like I said, it's been a while. In the intro, I was saying it's been a while since we talked. But it's kind of like meeting back up with an old friend, you know? Uh, Yeah, it might have been a year and a half since the last time we actually sat down and had a long-form conversation. But we still kind of, you know, pitter-patter online back and forth. Uh, It's just just really fun. I I love the new album. I think it's fun. Uh, One of my favorite things in this podcast I wrote down in the notes that he said was, I listened to Steely Dan in high school. And yeah, I mean, I listened to some Steely Dan in high school, but... Holy moly, like to just to come out and be like, yeah, that was one of my favorite bands in high school. It's like, dang, that's that's pretty sweet. So <laughs> I don't know. It's as far as I'm concerned, it's pretty sweet. Uh, the album's really cool. Like I said, it bookends itself. It kind of starts and ends the uh, in a similar fashion. It starts up in a way where you're like, oh, I wonder what's going on here. And then it ends and you're like, oh, he tied it all together with a bow there at the end. So it's really kind of cool how that works out. Uh, each song takes you on a nice little journey. I feel like every single song's got a nice little gear change, a little shift in the middle where you're like, wait, what happened here? And then you go right back to where you were at before, and it's like, oh, well, dang. I didn't think that fit together at first, but by the time it all comes back together, it fits perfect. And it's uh, that's music. I don't know. It's so weird. Uh, it's just such, such a fun album. If you like instrumental music, pop this baby on, give it a listen, hang out with your buddies and turn it on. It'll be out before you know it. So just make sure you go down below, find Michael's links, click them, and uh, like, subscribe, and share to just about anything. If you want to listen to a couple singles, they are on Bandcamp. That link is down below as well. So make sure you go there and find the Bandcamp link and listen to the newest singles. They're, uh, like I said, it's tons of fun. I enjoy this a lot. So I want to say thanks to Michael for sitting down talking with me. And I want to say thanks to you guys for tuning in and listening. And uh, if you're looking for more links, there are Audible Farm links down below. Audible Farm links. Uh, we'll take you to audiblefarm.com. That's the big one. It has, that has links to pretty much everything. So you can go to audiblefarm.com, find links to the, the Facebook, the Instagram, the, the YouTube, which uh, you can subscribe and, and never miss another video or any content ever again. There's also links to Patreon. There's links to the online shop. The online shop, we just got hoodies back in. I'm already selling low on a couple sizes. So uh, if you want one, I, I, you just better come pick it up. I, I mean, I've had... 
it's weird. You know, the whole thing's weird. Uh, you end up with people that say they want one, and then they ghost you for months. And that's just how... It, I mean, that's how it works. I've, unfortunately, done that to people, too, and I've missed out on shirt opportunities that I really didn't want to miss out on. So, I guess I learned that way. It's unfortunate. But, hey, if you're looking for a hoodie, check them out. We got them online. Otherwise, if you know me personally, find me at a show. I play shows with Jesse Wilson and Three Finger Betty and, and Clint Riedel. I'm playing shows with all of them in the upcoming months. So, check them out live. Hit me up. Say you're coming to a show. I'll bring you a hoodie. So it's that simple. We can uh, avoid some shipping and fees and all that other good stuff. Otherwise, there's t-shirts on there. There's t-shirts available and uh, stickers. And yes, indeed, there are keychains online available as well. So if you're looking for an Audible Farm keychain, I've been telling everybody it increases horsepower, but you know, I I can't guarantee that. So uh, take that recommendation with a pinch of salt. But the keychains look good. I'll tell you that much. Anyways, yeah, all the goodies can be found at Audible Farm. Make sure you follow, link, like, subscribe, and share the podcast. Uh, let me know what you thought of this episode. Uh, go, go tell Michael what you think of the new album. It's, it's such a fun thing. This is a fun way to network with people, and I'm glad you guys are all tuned in each and every week to listen to these. And if, this, if you're a first-time listener, go back and find some old episodes. If this is your first time listening to Michael and you're thinking to yourself, oh, that was really fun. I wish there was more of these. Well, guess what? There's an episode with Michael back in the day. So go check it out. I mean, there's another episode with Michael. It's, Michael has come up in the podcast a handful of times when talking about other musicians making music and how he influenced them and helped them. So, uh, yeah, it's just a fun networking opportunity. I do have my inbox is starting to get a couple messages in there I need to reply to. So I'm going to reply to some people this week and hopefully get a new episode scheduled out for next week. So I want to say thank you guys for listening. Thanks again to Michael Duty for sitting down talking with me. Can't wait for you guys all to hear that full album. Check out the singles on Bandcamp. Link down below. All right. Uh, I'll, I'm out of here. Check you guys later. Peace.